for the next four weeks, the month of July, called Life Apps. Life Apps. And we're going to spend four weeks this morning and three more looking at uh, three, after this morning, three different life applications that can help us at speaking to our lives that are scriptural, that are challenging to us. In fact, what my hope is and my, my uh, goal for this series is that these three apps would become a part of your life on a regular basis. That these applications that scripture talks about, that we would actually put them into practice, that we would implement them in our lives, and that we would uh, see stuff happen and change within us. So we're going to look at, over three weeks, we're going to look at what we call the rest app, how rest is important in our life, how it can... um, how it can bring peace and, and, and just that idea of rest and how God ordains rest. The, uh, the, uh, the next app is this app of trust, that we learn to trust people, to trust others, to be trustworthy. And then the last one is encouragement, how we can encourage people. Um, statistics tell us, and I'm not going to get into it too much right now, but statistics tell us that in every conversation, it's like one to six words that are spoken are Six, for every six words spoken, only one is a word of encouragement. Six, five of them would be of discouragement. And we want to look at what it means to be encouraging. But this morning, this morning what we're going to do is we're going to lay a foundation. We're going to get us started. In fact, I would say that the next three weeks, everything hinges on these, on the next three weeks, everything hinges on this particular message. All of the content hinges on this message because this message is all about three words. Application is everything. That it's one thing for us to sit in church and to hear something. It's something else for us to actually apply it. Application is Everything, and that's what I want to look at this morning. In fact, it's kind of funny how, in the um, in the years moving into this uh, cell phone era, this um, this smartphone era, the word app has changed. When I was a kid, uh, app, not a kid, when I was a teenager, a preteen, apps. Whenever I heard that word apps, I didn't think of my smartphone, but I thought of going out with my buddies for appetizers. No, I'm not kidding you. We would like we would text, not even text, because we didn't have text message back then. We'd call each other. You know the phone when you actually have to talk to somebody. Or we, yeah, exactly. All, all, the, all the students are going. That's real. Yes, it is. And uh, they would say, we'd say, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go for apps. And we knew that didn't mean well, let's go to the app store and buy games. No, let's go to the restaurant and let's have appetizers and we'd hang out after church or after youth or whenever it was. It was this idea and how it's changed so much. I mean, apps no longer mean appetizers. Apps now mean these crazy addictive things that are on our smartphones. How many of you have downloaded an app in the last 24 hours? Be honest. Okay, in the last week, some of you have downloaded too many. I mean, I guarantee you statistics on the App Store would say that there have been thousands of downloads of different apps or updates of apps in the last 24 hours. Apps are now these things that are on our smartphone that become addictive, that try to help us or that try to 
hinder us. So the word app is kind of shifted a little bit. Apps now have become a commonplace about our smartphones. In fact, we say things like this. If we try to figure something out, somebody will say, oh, there's an app for that. And it's so true. You could find anything you want. In fact, on my phone, there's this crazy little icon that looks like this. And it's the app store. And there are thousands of apps in this app store. And I could find anything that I wanted. I mean, if I'm looking for something about sports, I type in sports on the app store. And there's like thousands of apps that pop up. And some are free and some are paid. And I can choose what I would like to do. Apps are the normal thing on our phones now. We need them. We, we think that they're important. We think that we have to have them in order to live. And everybody's heard of them. Everyone's looked at them. And they do almost anything that we need or that we think we need and some things that we don't even need but we still download them i mean i've downloaded apps that i have no reason why i've downloaded them but there's some apps on my on my phone that do some things i want to show them to you i have this app here i don't use this app but this is the health app and this app in itself can help us to know how many calories we've we've consumed and or burned To know how much sleep we've had. To know what exercise we're doing. I mean, I can store all my information into this app. And it could tell me something about myself. Or there's an app like this that is this reminders app. It's my to-do list. And I can put everything that I think I have to do in on it. And then, you know what? I can click it off with the push of a button. When I finish it, there's other apps like the app that uh, wakes me up in the morning, my alarm app or, or my stopwatch or my reminder or my timer. It, all of this stuff is in this app and I can wake up in the morning. It's awesome. Then there's this uh, other app. There's the weather app. How many of you know about the weather app? I look at this all the time to figure out what the day looks like, what's going to happen moving forward. And 95% of the times they're wrong, but I still look at it. Apps are there. And then there's, well, this one here, the Maps app, where it gives me turn-by-turn navigation to get somewhere. Or I can just look at it to figure out where I want to go, how long it's going to take me to get to Timmins, or how long it's going to take me to get to wherever I'm thinking of going. All of these apps do something. All of these apps have a purpose, and they do something for me. But none of these apps work if I don't do something about them. You see, the health app, it may count my calories, but it can't manage what I eat. I can still make a choice to eat. I could look at how many calories I'm going to consume when I look at that tasty donut and I want to eat it and look at how many calories are in the Big Mac and still choose to eat it because it doesn't manage what I do. I still have to do something about it. I can have this checklist and have everything put into my checklist. I can get reminders every hour for all I want to, but it cannot check off the things on my checklist. I have to do it. I have to do something about it. I could put it in and then it can remind me for three days and I still don't do it. I have to do it. the, The alarm clock, it can wake me up, but it can't get me out of bed. How many know the snooze button fairly well? The, you know what, this, this, this app, the snooze button is just a little push. And it 
back to sleep I go. The weather, it can tell me how cold and or hot it is going to be outside, but it doesn't get me dressed. This maps can tell me how to get somewhere, but it doesn't drive my car for me. You see, these applications, these apps that we love and have to have and that we look for for everything are great and they're good. But if we don't ever do something about it, they're just another thing. My to-do list can be miles high unless I actually put application into finishing it to check it off. The alarm clock could ring every five minutes. And if I don't actually get out of bed, it's, doesn't, it's just there. It's just bothering me. I could figure out how to get somewhere. But if I don't actually get in the vehicle and drive to get there, I'm never going to move from where I am. See, applications are good. The apps are good, but the application of what I need to do is important and is everything. You see, when it comes to our lives, the Bible gives us many applications to live by. But change happens only when we apply them. We can hear about them all we want to, but until we apply them into our lives... Change won't happen. Change happens when we apply the principles or the applications that the Bible instructs us with. That's what I want to get in our heads. That's what I want to get in our hearts this morning. So that when we look at these next things about rest, about trust, and about encouragement, we go, that is awesome. Now how do I apply it? It's kind of like saying this. It's all about the, when I hear something saying, so what now? And then doing it. Application is everything. How do we apply? How do we apply? How do we apply? Application is everything. Here's where I want to start this morning. And here's how I want us to kind of build is this. That application makes all the difference. Application makes all the difference. Knowledge is one thing. And that's okay, but application is what makes all the difference. When we choose to take what we hear, when we choose to take what we know and apply it, that's when it makes all the difference in our lives. Great to hear, great to know, great to have it here. But until it moves from here into here and out of our lives, it doesn't make a difference. If it just stops here then all we're doing is filling our head, filling our head. But it's application that makes all the difference. See, in Scripture, there's two people that talk powerfully about application in the New Testament. We have Jesus, and we have his brother James. These two individuals speak of the significance of application. Jesus taught how many lessons to us. How much information did he give to us? Did he pour out for us? And he summarizes some and saying, hey, listen, you still have to apply it. Jesus teaches us. It wasn't about being intellectually brilliant. And his his teachings, in particular Matthew, when we read the Sermon on the Mount, very practical stuff for our lives. And he concludes it by basically saying, application makes all the difference, folks. 
You can hear what I'm teaching you, but you need to apply it. Application makes all the difference. See, he wasn't teaching like a lecture, or he wasn't teaching you to uh, get you a PhD in anything. He was teaching you how to live your life following him. And he's saying application makes all the difference. Right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says these words. He says, therefore, therefore, as he's he's teaching them, as he's instructing them, as he's challenging them, he says, therefore, everyone who hears, remember these are Jesus' words, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that means that they apply them. So anybody who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Anyone who hears what I'm teaching and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation, it's, because it had its foundation on the rock. You see, anybody who hears what I'm teaching, Jesus said. Anybody who hears, fills their head, moves it into practice so it becomes head, heart, out, so it's application. is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. But, he says, but whoever hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice. So if you hear them and just let them sit here and you don't apply them, so you don't put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Anybody guess how the end of that goes? When the storms come, what happens? The house crumbles. So Jesus is painting this very clear illustration here. He's very, very clear. He's saying, listen, guys, I've taught you these words. You've heard them with your ears. This is now knowledge in your head about what is happening. My teachings, my instruction. Now, if you put them into practice, if you apply them because application makes all the difference, then when you build, you're like a man who builds his house on a rock. But if you don't apply them, you're like a man who builds it on the sand. Now, note this. Both of those houses would be exactly the same. But the difference is the foundation that it's built on. I'm not a builder. I don't claim to be a builder. I try to do things. But I know this. If I'm trying to build something, it's hard work. And it takes effort and more work to build on a rock than it does on sand. If I go to the beach, I can dig a hole very easily. If I go to my cottage, which is built on a rock, and try to dig, I get an inch in the ground, and then it's painful. You see, application to what we know takes work and effort to build that foundation so that when you're shaken and tested, it will stand. Whereas all all it is is head knowledge, then the moment that stuff happens, you forget it because it's never become practical in your life. Jesus is saying application makes all the difference. In fact, he talks about this again in Luke chapter 6. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? So, Lord, Lord, he's saying, why do you call me Lord? Why do you acknowledge me? Why do you acknowledge me for someone? Why do you acknowledge me for someone who is Lord, Lord? In some ways, we could 
move this into the church world. Why do you acknowledge me that I am Jesus, that I am God? Why do you acknowledge me that I am your Lord and your Savior? And do not do what I say. All you're doing is filling your head with knowledge. You're not applying it. Because then he goes on to say this. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. Here it is again. Who hears my words and puts them into practice. I will show them what they are like. Anybody guess what he's going to say they're like? They're like a man who building a house. Who dug down deep and laid foundation on rock. When, flood came, when, when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was built. It was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the ha- that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Jesus is saying, guys, application is everything. It is everything. It makes all the difference. You can hear about all you want to, but you have to apply it. We can hear about the idea of rest and the significance of rest, but if we don't apply it, what difference does it make? We can hear about all that we want to, how to do our job in a workplace, but if we never apply what we've been taught, what do you think is going to happen? When the boss comes back to you and says, why didn't you do what I said? Oh, you know, it's all up here. What is he going to do? Guess what? You're looking for another job. Application makes all the difference. In our lives, serving God, application makes all the difference. It's great. And I, I want you to hear the word of God. I want you to hear teachings. But if you don't apply them, all you're doing is filling your head with knowledge. Application, application, application makes all the difference. Believe all you want, but until you do something, it makes no difference. Believe all that you want to. That's good. But until you do something, it makes no difference. Believe that Jesus is is God, but until you take that step of faith and acknowledge Him, It really makes no difference. Believe all that you want to, that that God, whatever, could do something. But until you step out in faith, it makes no difference. I mean, if we look at, quickly, this is kind of off a bit, but if we look at the disciples in the boat, they all believed that Jesus was walking on water. But Peter, Peter believed it so much so that he did something about it and got out of the boat. Believe all that you want, but until you do something, it makes no difference. Until you apply it into your life, it makes no difference. James tells us these words. James now, the brother of Jesus. How much work do you think it would take to convince James that his brother, Jesus, is God? Seriously, just think about that for a second. If you have an older sibling and they tried to tell you they were the son of God... Come on, I know, what I, I know what I would do. I'd laugh. I mean, this takes convincing. And then he says the words that Jesus taught. He says, do not merely listen to the word. What's the word? The word is the, the Old Testament. The word is the teaching of Jesus. The word is, remember, they didn't have the Bible nice and neat like we have it. 
But it, they had the Old Testament teaching. They had the, the understanding and the storytelling of Jesus. And they probably at this point in time had the influence of Paul's epistles, Paul's letters. They didn't have them in their hands like we do. But they were hearing about them. So he's saying, do not merely listen to the word, being the, the word of God, the teachings of Jesus, the Old Testament, the teachings of Paul. Do not just listen to them and so deceive yourself. Don't just hear them. And, and don't just listen to them and let them sit in your head and just think that you're all good. Do what it says. Look at that. Scripture. I didn't even make that up. That's right in the Word of God. James 1.22. Do what it says. Do what it says. You see, simply reading or even studying God's Word doesn't completely profit us unless we obey what it says. See, we, we have to apply it. We have to do what it says. Don't just listen to it, because you could listen to it and be deceiving yourselves, thinking, you know, I read my Bible today, and I went to church, and I showed up in, in church, and I got my check mark for being there, and everything was good and great, and woohoo, I don't have to change. No, do what it says. You're kind of deceiving yourself that way. You're kind of fooling yourself. Don't just listen to the word. Look, look, don't just merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Don't just, don't just listen. Don't, just, don't think that you're okay. Do what it says. Apply it. Apply it. Believe all you want to, but until you do something, it makes no difference. Don't fool yourself just by listening. Do what it says. We listen to God's message, not just to know it, but to do it. We communicate here. When I stand here to communicate with you, I don't want you just to hear what the scripture says. I don't want you just to hear and fill in the blanks and think, oh, this is great. It's all good. I want you to actually apply it into your life. And I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm trying to wrestle through this stuff and apply it into my life also. We listen to God's word. To know it, but also to do it. We'd be fooling ourselves. If all we thought was knowledge was everything. God's word can only grow in a soil of obedience. When we apply it and do what? It says. In order to, for a lesson to make a difference in a student's life, it must enter the heart and mind, affecting his or her life completely. It's important to hear God's word, but it's much more important to obey it. You see, we can... Get all the information, all we want to. But until we apply it, it really makes no difference in our life. Application is everything. I want you to catch this. This is important. We need to wrestle through the stuff and apply it into our lives. Not just hear it. Hearing is good. Don't get me wrong. Hearing is good. But when we hear it, then we have a responsibility to do what it says or to apply it into our lives. So here we go. Let's talk about it. Application is everything. We're going to look at the rest of James chapter 1. 
21, uh, 22 to 25 if you want to open a Bible and go there or if you want to just uh, follow along in the notes, you can do so. But application is everything. Application is everything. Applying, applying, applying is everything. Applying what we hear, applying what we, what we know, applying the word of God into our lives is everything. Let's talk about this. Let's read James twenty-two, James uh, one twenty-two. Do not merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Verse twenty-three. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at himself, who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away immediate, and immediately forget what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. James is talking about this moment to give us understanding when he says, do what it says, that if we just walk into our bathroom in the morning and look in the mirror and then walk away and don't do anything... Forget about it. This line here, you spend more time fixing what you see on your face than what's in your heart. It's kind of what James is referring to here. Now, I'm going to give you a little secret. When I got out of bed this morning and I walked into the bathroom and I looked at my face in the mirror... Guess what I did? I got sleep in my eyes. I got sleep breath, morning breath. Yeah, I know you have a no way. No, really, everybody who wakes up in the morning has morning breath. Just telling you, you cannot hide it. You cannot get away from it. But when I go into the bathroom in the morning and look in my mirror, I look at my face. I go, oh, I need to shave. So what do I do? Usually I shave. But imagine this. If I walked away from the mirror and I shaved and came in. I know beards are kind of the in thing now, so maybe this illustration doesn't work so well, but let's just do it anyways. And I walked in and you guys said, oh. Pastor, you should have shaved this morning. Yeah, I know. I looked at myself in the mirror, but I forgot to do it. Two days later, same thing. I mean, we, but we spend more time fixing what's on our face than what's on our heart. So here's what happens. We go to the mirror and we look in the mirror and go, oh boy, I've got a pore that needs to be popped. Right? We intently stare at the mirror. and What do we do? You guys don't want to answer that, do you? You sit there and you go... I gotta pop that pour. We take these fix me up bags wherever we go. How many of you have an overnight bag when you go somewhere, when you travel? Why do you take it with you? To fix yourself up in the morning. When you stare in the mirror and you go, oh, I need to pull that hair out of my nose, or I need to. Why are you laughing? It happens. It's true, okay? But we do. We stare at ourselves in the mirror. But imagine if we didn't do anything about it. You're all going, that's just crazy. Imagine if you got out of bed, ladies, 
Forgive me, I know some men spend much more time on their hair than some women. I get that. I'm one of them. But ladies, when you get up in the morning and your hair's all over the place and you look in the mirror, what do you do? You get in the shower, you figure out how to tame your hair and put it back in place so you can go out in public. If you just looked at the mirror and left your hair all over the place and walked out in public and forgot that you had to do something about your hair, what do you think people would say? You're crazy. What happened to you? Oh, you know, it was this moment. I don't remember. Is there a problem with my hair or something? You see, the same thing. We spend all this time fixing our face. We never, but never what's in our heart. God's word is enlightening things in our life. And if we don't ever apply them, we're just looking at the mirror going, oh, that's cool. And we don't do anything about it. It's like not doing your hair in the morning. It's like not popping that pimple when you're a teenager. It's like you forget to do things. When you don't apply it. But no, you, you spend time staring and fixing what you see on your face than you do what's in your heart. You spend more time concerned about your outward appearance. And I'm guilty of this too, guys. This isn't any condemning thing. This is just, I'm talking about figuring out a way that we can apply things into our life than what's in our heart. James says, anyone who listens, to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You see, he's using this outward appearance that, you know, like they didn't have the fancy dancing mirrors that we have now, the ones that magnify your face so you can see everything. He just had these simple mirror tin or water. But he's saying, like, if you. Don't do what the word says. This is what you're doing in your heart. The word's challenging you. Whatever it is. And instead of dealing with it, you just walk away and forget about it. So you just store it here. Oh yeah, you know, I know I need to trust. I know I need to trust. I know I need to be more trusted. I know I need rest. I know I need to encourage. I know I need to forgive. I know I need to repent. I know I need to. I know I need to. I know I need to. But you never do it. So you spend more time worrying about your face than you do about what's in your heart. And maybe this is more of the challenge for us. That we just need to look at the mirror and deal with what we see. But I'm not talking about on your face. I'm talking about in our hearts. And we need to look in the mirror and deal with what we see. Let's just, let's deal with it. So here's what it is. Let's apply what God's principles are teaching us. Oh, God's stirred in my heart that I need to forgive someone. Or we sit and we hear, we read in the word of God that we need to forgive Forgive those who've wronged us. Oh man, we look at the mirror and we have to deal with it in our heart. I need to offer forgiveness. I need to deal with that. Instead of sweeping it under the rug, covering it up and walking away and forgetting about it. Oh, I need to rest. I need to submit. I need to trust. I need to encourage. All of these things. Applying them. 
looking in the mirror and dealing with what you see instead of just letting it sit there and fester and grow and never touch. Because it's just like staring at the mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. I always thought that was a funny line. It becomes more and more real in my life as I start going, man, if I don't do what I've been enlightened to, that I know I need to do, then I'm basically saying, oh, well, I'll forget about it. We need to deal with what we see. Look in the mirror and deal with what we see. Look at the mirror and allow God's word to be that reflection in your heart. And deal with what you see. If God's stirring you or challenging you to forgive, then forgive. To trust, then trust. Apply what you hear. Don't just merely hear the word, but do what it says. Why? Why? Because this, James tells us, that the word of God is freedom giving if you apply it. That the word of God is freedom giving if you apply it. Freedom giving? Yes, it's freedom giving. It's freedom giving if you apply it. Look, James, first part of verse 25. But whoever looks intently, what does that mean? That they are like seriously investigating, that they are looking, they're straining, they're really, really studying, they're really focused, they're looking intently into the perfect law. What's the perfect law? The perfect law is the word of God. They're, they're staring into the law, into the word, and they're looking intently, and they're hearing what it has to say. Because when they do that, the perfect law is what gives freedom. You see, this book, some people would say, oh, it's a bunch of rules. You could look at it that way, but I don't think so. I think it's freedom giving. When I take what Jesus taught when I take what God has instructed and, 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 and what speaks into my heart and my life and I apply it, it's actually freedom giving. It's not like this uh, restriction. It's not this uh, fence that gets pushed in. No, in fact, it's much more than that. It's freedom when I apply it into my life. When I look at the principles, when I look at the values, you know, when I am challenged, and we talked about this in a series back around Easter about forgiveness. When I actually look at this and, and the word says that I need to forgive others, that I need to forgive them, that I need to forgive them. And when I actually open my heart and I apply it, it brings freedom. Why? Because the prisoner that usually is me is set free when I extend forgiveness or when I accept forgiveness. And it's this freedom. Some people say, well, that's like crazy. I can't do that. It's this restriction. No, it's freedom. It's freedom. The word of God is freedom giving if you apply it. It's amazing. Principles that we teach that some would say, oh, that's such a restriction. No, it's freedom. It's freedom. 
perfect law gives freedom. James says, when we look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, not only does it give freedom, now catch this, God will bless you for applying what you hear. Now, hold on, I don't want you to go, oh, here we go, you're all about blessing. No, James tells us that God will bless you for applying what you hear. I'm not saying what that blessing looks like. I'm not going to tell you that it's financial or monetary or anything like that. But God will bless you for applying what you hear. Listen to what James says. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Remember, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. Because the word of God is freedom giving when we apply it. And continues in it. So if we look intently in it. If we look intently into it. And study it and investigate it. And continue in the word, not forgetting what we've heard. This is why we have to apply it. Because we can't forget what we've heard. But we apply it. But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Not forgetting what you heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what you do. That God will bless you for applying what you hear. And you stay in it and you maintain it. James saying, guys, you can, you can hear the word of God. But if you don't apply it, it doesn't mean anything. You need to apply what you hear. And when you apply what you hear, the word of God, it actually will bring freedom. And you'll be blessed in what you do. So the restriction that we thought is not a restriction at all. It's freedom and brings blessing in what we do. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. We need to look in the mirror and we need to deal with what we see. We need to hear it and apply it because the word of God gives is freedom giving when we apply it and God will bless you for applying what you hear. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who hears Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after, going, after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looked like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Folks, application is Everything. Applying what we hear makes all the difference. That's what I want to challenge us with this morning. James challenges us. Jesus challenges us. He says, guys, you can hear the word, but if you don't do what it says, it's not profitable. You're building your house on sand or you're looking at a mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like. 
No. Apply, apply, apply. Take it and put it into application. And when you put it into application, you're building on firm foundation. You're looking intently into the Word of God. And you're allowing it to bring freedom into your life. And God will bless you in what you're doing. Application is everything. I want us to hear and to to think through this. And I've challenged you with some questions on that handout that I'd like you to think about this week. Why? So that when we begin to walk through this series, Life Apps, when we begin to look at the Rest App, the Trust App, the Encouragement App, we can figure out in our hearts how we can apply what God is stirring and challenging within us so that we can be people who are building on solid foundation, not on Sand, So that we're not just taking in head knowledge, but we're actually taking it in, transferring it to our heart because it's being applied and moving it out in our lives. Application is everything. Application is everything. Danielle, would you and the team come back up? We're going to close this morning. And I want you to think through this and I want you to be challenged by it. Don't just do Don't merely listen to the word of God and so deceive yourself. But do what it says. Application makes all the difference. How can you apply what you hear? How can you translate it from your head into your heart and apply it wherever you go? application makes all the difference. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning, God, that you are here with us. Lord, that you challenge us. Lord, that you stir us. So, Father, I pray that you'd help us to apply what's in our heart, what you're stirring and challenging within us. As we hear your word, Lord, that you would help us to apply it, make application. Church, this morning, as you continue to, in this moment, just as we continue to pray, I just want to ask you one question. Okay, maybe it's two. This morning, if you're here, and God's been stirring on your heart, or challenging you in an area, that you would say, I need to apply this. I need to look in the mirror and deal with it. I don't need to know what it is, but if that's you and you're in this room, I just would encourage you to just, I want to pray with you, so if you just... Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Pray that God would help you to apply that circumstance or that knowledge into your life. If that's you this morning, you just slip your hand up quickly. See that? Father, this morning I pray for those hands that are raised. God, for their hearts that are saying, Lord, I've got this head knowledge and I need to apply it. You're stirring on my heart. God, I pray that you would help them 
to apply this into their life. God, that you would, would help them to, 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 as they stared at the mirror and as they, they look at the situation, God, that they would deal with it right now. They wouldn't sweep it under the rug. They wouldn't hide it. They wouldn't walk away and forget about it. But God, right now in this moment, God, that you would help them to apply that knowledge into their life and application in their heart. So God, would you touch those lives? And lastly, church, as we just close, I just want to ask this. If there's anybody here that Maybe you've heard about Jesus and you've heard about us talking about Jesus and application. Maybe you're here this morning and say, I only have this knowledge of Jesus, but I'd love to have this relationship with Him. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, hear this information about God and Jesus and these teachings but I don't know him and I'd love to know him the Bible tells us and Paul teaches us in Romans that if we believe in our heart confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead Lord meaning our Savior our Messiah that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. What does it mean to be saved? That we've opened our heart to Jesus, allowed him to come in to transform our life. That we've applied the head knowledge and made it a heart issue. This morning, if you're here, you'd say, Pastor, it's me. Can you pray for me? I'd love to. Just raise your hand. Believe in your heart. So, Father, this morning I pray, God, across this room, Lord, that you would step into, that you would step into the lives of those in this room right now. God, that you would reach out. Father, that you would touch them. Lord, and I pray, Father, that that all of us in this room, God, that you would help us to apply what you're stirring in our lives. Lord, that we would look in the mirror and deal with what we see. God, that we would stare intently into your word, your word that is freedom giving, and that we would apply it, and Father, that as we apply it, God, that we would be blessed in what we do. So, Father, would you have your way in this place? Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this family. God, would you continue to grow in us? Would you continue to stir and lead us? Father, we thank you. Amen. Church, would you stand and just close in in this song as we just worship him. As we lift our heart. Lord, we give you our heart. We give you our life. Everything that we are. And just sing these words along with us.